0: That would be trust yourself, believe in yourself, believe that you can do it. Don't let other people distract you from your objective and just do it, just Mm. just kill them.
1: Welcome to MedSider, where you can learn from the brightest founders and CEOs in medical devices and health technology join tens of thousands of ambitious doers as we unpack the insights tactics and secrets behind the most successful life science startups in the world now here's your host scott nelson hey everyone it's scott in this episode of medsider i sat down with cecile brossette dubois who kicked off her professional journey in 2005 as a junior consultant at cap gemini before joining bain and company in 2007. after nearly five years at bain cecile transitioned to fsi serving as the head of strategy until 2013. Following this, she played key roles at BPI France, initially as director of innovation development and later as director of BPI France's Le Hub. After becoming an entrepreneur in residence at Comet Ventures, Cecile co-founded Sonio and leads the company's efforts on enhancing obstetric ultrasound with AI. Here are a few of the key things that we discussed in this conversation. First, the guiding principle both in product development and team building is the same. Progress is iterative. Aiming for perfection while a worthy goal should not paralyze the journey towards improvement. Be tenacious and don't give up. Second, having an in-house regulatory team that understands both the product and the ever-changing landscape is a must, especially if you're utilizing new AI-based technologies. Third, whether you're commercializing or fundraising, understand your audience and keep an open dialogue with experienced entrepreneurs. Focus on building relationships and leveraging them for future growth. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to let you know that the latest edition of Medsider Mentors is now live. Volume four summarizes the key learnings from the most popular Medsider interviews over the last several months with folks like Rob Ball, CEO of Shoulder Innovations, Kate Rumroll, CEO of Ablative Solutions, Dr. Christian Ramdo, CEO of Tempa Health, and other leaders of some of the hottest startups in the space. Look, it's tough to listen or read every MedSider interview that comes out, even the best ones. But there are so many valuable lessons you can glean from the founders and CEOs that join our program. So that's why we decided to create MedSider Mentors. It's the easiest way for you to learn from the world's best medical device and health technology entrepreneurs in one central place. If you're interested in learning more, head over to MedSiderRadio.com forward slash mentors. Premium members get free access to all past and future volumes. And if you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. In addition to every volume of MedSider mentors, you'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. You'll also be able to see all of our playbooks, which are hand-picked collections of the most insightful interviews with the brightest founders and CEOs. Whether you're looking to master capital fundraising, navigate early stage development, tackle regulatory challenges, understand reimbursement, or position your venture for a meaningful exit, MedSider playbooks have you covered. And last, considering that fundraising can be one of the most daunting tasks for any startup, we created a meticulous database of investors right at your fingertips explore a wealth of vc funds private equity firms angel groups and more all eager to invest in medical device and health technology startups access to this database is a premium member exclusive so don't miss out learn more about medsider mentors and our premium memberships by visiting medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors again that's medsiderradio.com forward slash mentors all right without further ado let's jump right into the interview.
0: All right, Cecilia, welcome to MedSide Radio. Thanks, Scott. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, looking forward to the conversation. I know you're uh, kind of over in the states from uh, from, from Paris, where the where the, I think the company is, is based. So uh, good timing for this conversation. So I, on that note, I recorded uh, a very brief bio of your background, kind of at the outset of this interview. But let's start there. If you can kind of give us an elevator pitch for your professional background, kind of leading up to to starting um, uh, Sonia, anyway, that'd be great.
0: Sure, happy to do so. So my background is actually a business background. Uh, I've started with you know almost five years of uh, consulting, working for like Bain and Company. You know, kind of uh, keeping uh, some uh, learning some stuff. You know, before uh, going into like <laughs> the real world. Uh, so that that was super helpful. Uh, and then I really wanted to uh, give some like meaning to my work. And I come from a family of doctors. I've always wanted to have an impact. And so I that was kind of my my. Uh, Criteria for my next job after after strategy consulting, and um, I joined the French uh, public investment bank, where my my job was to actually, uh, you know, finance startups to actually make sure that we could find ways to help them grow, uh, and so that's when I got to you know meet with tons of entrepreneurs and understand you know what what were their the issues or the things they were struggling with and how we could help them. And around that time, actually, I saw, you know, those amazing, you know, health tech startups emerge. And I always thought that, you know, uh, startups could only do like biotech companies. like so, And then, then R&D would take quite a lot of time before being able to have an impact on like the life of patients. And when I saw that, you know, with AI, you could actually, with technology, have an impact on health quite, quite rapidly. I loved that. And mm-hmm. that's when I thought, you know, I really need to get my hands dirty now and, um, <laughs> you know, stop watching those entrepreneurs, but really uh, uh, bring some value with, uh, you know, myself. And yeah, and that's basically how I ended up, you know, meeting with some great folks and uh, and building Sonya.
1: Got it. That's very helpful. And I think, is, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile now. So you spent about four and a half years, it looks like, at Bain. And then Mm -hmm. another almost six years at at BPI uh, France, Um, right? And so we're recording this in you know let's call it early late Q3, uh, I I should say of of 2023. And you've been at Sonio now um, for almost four years. Is that about right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Just want to kind of set, set the stage for everyone listening. So it looks like you started Sonio in late kind of late 2019. Give us a sense for kind of. What what it is you're working on, right? And then also maybe the the origin awesome story of how how you you know how, how this technology sort of uh, came to be, how you identified it, and kind of where it's at now.
0: Sure. So um, so yeah, Sonio. Uh, in a nutshell, it's an AI software for obstetric ultrasound. Uh, so basically, what we do is we try to empower. OBGYNs, MFM sonographers that do, you know, those scans uh, for pregnant women. The, the, the thing is, and m- many people don't know about that, but uh, not all pregnancies actually go well. Uh, that's why we do those screening examinations and 50% of malformations that might affect, you know, the fetus actually not detected during those ultrasound examinations. So 3% of babies, you know, actually uh, are born mental defect and you still have thousand dying you know every year from you know causes that, that 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 could be you know preventable if detected during pregnancy so those are kind of the numbers that that you know prevents us too from like uh, sleeping at night and we really thought that you know bringing the software that could be kind of the daily companion of those practitioners might help them uh you know again uh, be alerted in case something is wrong and, and also just you know uh, uh, improving the, the the daily routine the level of digitalization you know is not is not super high uh, for doctors it's kind of shocking how obsolete the, the the software they work with are so we had uh you know kind of um, a true mission here uh you know to uh that we needed to uh to address and basically uh AI really helps democratizing kind of quality, uh, standards for everyone uh, in this field that's what we're like running after so how did I end up in this field uh, as kind of a, you know I, I said I wanted to um, you know find a project that was kind of a digital health project and I, I just met with a lot of people and then I finally met with these amazing you know doctors and mathematicians at the end of uh, 2019 and it, they were like references you know so necker is the the main hospital in france and it's one of the most important ones uh, in in europe where you have uh, a level of fetal medicine that's incredible so basically a lot of the of the babies or the pregnant women that have issues are referred to the center um and and i just met with the professor eviel that's kind of the he's the the, the head of the department of of and MFM there you know, so a brilliant person. And I met with, you know, the people he was doing research with for like over the last, you know, five years, especially Remy Besson, uh, who became my co-founder, chief scientific officer, that was just finishing his PhD, working on, you know, like recognizing, helping to diagnose these, uh, you know, abnormalities and and, and putting together diagnosis. So, you know, just, again, it's, it's always about, you know, meeting the right people. And then it was my job to kind of, understand whether or not there was enough space for like building a business and and how to build the right product to meet the needs. That's why we did
1: got it. And so I'm I'm looking at your site now. It's Sonio.ai. So S O N I A-I. And so you're uh, for those listening that don't make it to the uh to the to the full um uh summary of this interview on Medsider uh you can definitely check it out at Sonio.ai. Uh, so you're providing just the software alone, correct?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We are not building any hardware. But we're compatible with any ultrasound system Uh, i think this is part of it's one of our main values we are vendor neutral and we're bringing this like workflow solution so basically we're replacing uh, the current reporting software that you know practitioners are using connecting to their amr and to their billing solutions Uh, and at the same time we are connecting real-time with those ultrasound systems so that we can collect the images and make sure that you know, the tech, the, the practitioners take all the right images. They don't forget any. Mm. Uh, it's like people, you know, imaging is quite, you know, tedious. You need to take like 20 to 60 images. You know, you have 20 to 30 minutes to do that. And you need to make sure to acquire the images correctly. You need to interpret them correctly. And again, then you have a reviewer, like a reader that needs to make sure that, you know, they look they look right and there's no, there's no, there's no issue. So it's very operator dependent. And so having this ability to bring some efficiency throughout the process mm-hmm. because they, they all have to document, you know, their, their examination. So building the report, you know, automatic or automatically, or semi-automatically thanks to AI, but also having live feedback if something is wrong with the image or an image is forgotten has really a lot of value for them, you know, if we, you know um, their, their, their daily work.
1: Got it, got it. Yeah, my my wife and I have uh, have five kids, so I've been I've 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 sat in on a number of these these types of uh, scans for sure. So um, definitely not an expert, but no. I've, I've seen <laughs> seen plenty. Um, so if cool. I if I understand this right, and pretend I'm maybe like a, a, a you know freshman in high school, I just mm-hmm. want to summarize. Um, I, I think what I understand. So you're providing the software that that aids in probably the the an efficient collection right of of, of scans right during during the actual you know ultrasound um, kind of lab, if you will. Is your AI also your software also providing um assistance to the actual uh physician in terms of diagnosing any abnormalities, any, any issues as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So okay. the, the idea is really to to bring like a, an end-to-end solution and, and really answer all the all the pain points of the physicians and the sonographers. So the most important thing is really to 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 help the screening process, making sure that like everything is okay. Now mm-hmm. If there is something unusual that's detected on an image, then what happens is that usually you will be or we will refer you to an MFM or to a, like a specific, like a fetal medicine center that will need to make sure that there are no other like that, that there is an abnormality and make sure that there are no other abnormalities like mm. it, this is not like a, something like a rare disease or something mm-hmm. that's pathological. So you need to really interpret the malformation or the sign itself, know whether or not you can pre- like do something about it because some malformations can actually be taken care of through surgery either during the pregnancy or at birth, but you need to really you know take care of it right away. But so if you have a collection of signs, uh you need to you know again know what type of disease it might be. So you analyze the phenotype and Got it. have kind of another AI. So the first AI I described to be able to, you know, automate the report and make sure we have all the images and they're okay. It's kind of it's a deep learning algorithm. So basically, you know, you learn from a lot of images. Mm-hmm. Now, for helping with diagnosis, we built another type of AI, uh, like you can symbolic AI. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an expert system if you want the probabilistic, uh, where we we try and mimic the clinical reasoning of the practitioner and we help him. In a probabilistic way we help him like look for associated signs and then mm. we tell, tell him whether or not it's a genetic disease or infectious disease or if it's just an, an isolated anomaly and so it, it changes the
1: way you will take care of the patient obviously got it got it okay so almost two different aspects of the of the software it sounds like um and you you mentioned earlier you met uh these physicians your, your co-founders right your your uh, your mm-hmm. physicians and phds um in late 2019 we're recording this again in Q3 of, of 23. So almost almost four years later now. Where where's the company at in terms of, of of life cycle from a kind of a development, you know, Clin commercialization, et cetera?
0: Yeah, we, we grew quite fast. Now we we are a 30 people team. And you know, beyond the first co-founders that we talked about already, after like a year, I actually added three amazing, you know, co-founders to the team, late founders. Uh so um David, who's the who was the CPO and is now the COO because we really needed some great product skills to make sure, you know, we can bring like a software, medical device, you know, together. Deepak Harkash, who's like the CTO, who's kind of, uh you know, really from the digital, you know, world and uh, can build state-of-the-art technology, you know, architecture, real-time, you know, software, which was really important for us. And Dagmar Nubar, who's the, she's, she's a three to the third uh, late founder to join, uh, she uh, has 20-plus years of experience in the field in, of, uh, I know, reporting for uh, obstetric ultrasound. She built Viewpoint, it's kind of leader in the market, and then sold it to GE. So, you know, we first built this kind of core team, kind of, you know, a year after founding the company. And then, you know, we financed the, the company three times already and, and made sure we could reach our different goals. So, First goal was to to build the product, and now we are at the stage where we have finally kind of the full platform that I'm that I've described. So the workflow solution, the deep learning AI to really automate everything and do the quality assurance, and then the diagnostic tool. So we really have this full platform ready uh, to be commercialized in the US. We got FDA cleared a few a few weeks ago uh which was kind of a great milestone uh that we achieved and we have a c mark for the diagnostic tool in 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 Europe and now we're gonna actually go and, and, and CMARC Mark the deep learning AI uh you know uh, in in the coming months and so yeah in, in in a nutshell we are kind of a product company uh tech company that is going to uh that is a, uh, you know changing into a commercial company um and that that's where we are uh, after after three and a half years
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, so made a ton of a ton of great progress in a reasonably short amount of time, especially considering your technology, there's not a low barrier here, right? I mean, it's pretty sophisticated, <laughs> pretty sophisticated yeah. software. So, uh, so congrats on that. That That is, uh, that's really, I always love to see sort of life science med tech companies like moving fast, right? Because you, you rarely see it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, I often I oftentimes run into a startup that's like 15 years old and it's like, whoa, what have you guys been doing for, for this long? So um, really cool to see how fast, how fast the team is moving. So with that said, um, let's spend maybe the next 20 or 30 minutes kind of covering sort of the key functions, right? right, that any startup has to work through, right, um, to get to this, to get to the point that, that you're at. And I know you mentioned the three financings, which I, I'd mm-hmm. love to love to get your take on here a little bit later in the conversation. But let's first start with kind of just product development in general. Uh, I'm sure the first versions of uh, of Sonio, your, your AA pl- platform, looked a lot different than than what you know, what, what you're sort of commercializing now and ai is no no small feat right uh, from a technology perspective so give us a sense you know from your perspective especially considering you've worked with and seen so many different startups um you know both at bain and then at, at bpi france what's your advice for how other founders and entrepreneurs can be can stay can be really capital efficient but yet still move fast from a from a development standpoint any any kind of key lessons learned you know based on your your uh, your professional journey so far
0: yeah, good question. So, just to answer the first first part of your question, so yeah, of course we didn't build the full platform in like one go. We started by some modules in a way, uh, that we also like tested all the way through. So basically, we started with this really niche product, this uh, diagnostic tool. That's a kind of a it's a clinical decision support tool. So, and we basically we got we we tested everything with this first module. So we we tested. Uh, you know, building the product itself. So combining AI with, you know, just like, uh, you know, software development, and then making sure we we could like find people to use it. And we went through CMark, uh, with this first module, but it and it was great because it it we, we learned so many things by like by doing so, and then we started developing some modules of the workflow solution. So we we developed the checklist, and we developed the like sharing some images. So those are kind of features now of the full platform, but this really helped us, you know, go fast to market and really get like iterate with like feedback of the customers. And uh, make sure we also identified who we should target in the market. What were the expectations, uh, you know? And so it's really informed our roadmap a lot. And it also informed uh, our decisions to like recruit or, you know, know, how to structure the team and how should the different, you know, teams inside the team work. Like, for example, we decided to, to create kind of a BU that would be products that would be you know, that would go from data science to product and operations. So data science, clinical regulatory product under the same umbrella so that, you know, we could really anticipate what uh, would um, be expected from, uh, you know, like the regulatory, from a regulatory standpoint early enough in the process. So that would be product and regulatory that would inform the data science roadmap and the tech roadmap and the clinical validation. And so these are all great learnings that we've done. Hmm. by iterating again on small modules before actually building the true product that we are now starting to commercialize. And I think, you know, I have I had heard that so many times, you know, when I was at BPI, that you have to iterate and, you know, doing it, you know, and without doing it perfect is what really, uh, you know, is, is, uh, is right. And I think, again, I could experience it. And the other thing that I think is, uh, it was really important to me, and that I think uh, this is one of the, of the amazing thing that happened is that we did the right choices in like building the team, really mm. identifying the right people that would be key contributors uh, so that we could have like an amazing uh, like software and an amazing medical device, an amazing, you know so amazing clinical um, from a clinical perspective, from an AI perspective, from a software perspective, and like adding those different skills to build you know a best in class you know product.
1: Yeah. And that that team structure that you mentioned earlier, did you, you build it around, it sounds like if I if I understand it correctly, you built it around that process, right? From product to reg that would inform, I think you, you mentioned kind of d- data science. My understanding mm-hmm. you almost it sounds like you almost set up a a, a cluster of, of people in that same under that same umbrella then. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, at some point we realized that product couldn't just be kind of Uh, You know, the team that would uh, manage, you know, the tech roadmap, but that really the the constraints were too strong on the AI modules. uh, And so that we we really needed to anticipate quite a lot. So the great thing about the platform is that some modules are not regulated like the workflow solution is not regulated. So we could really, you know, develop this continuously and iterate with our users. While the AI modules were regulated, and so we really had to take into account all the constraints early enough in the process so that we would do the right things. And and yeah, at some point, that's why the CPO actually became COO, hmm. uh, because he, he really had to be managing the whole process early enough so that we wouldn't develop the the algorithms the wrong way. Or in a way that wouldn't again suit the regulatory constraints, and same thing. So that was kind of a, a mix of listening, of course, to the users and their and their needs, but also again managing regulatory. And regulatory, there's always room for interpretation, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when you need to be tactical a bit. So you need to also define the product in a way that you can answer your, you know, the the, the users' needs, but at the same time, maybe not be not go too far, because then then you need to do, I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, whatever, the prospective study, because your claim is just too high. So you mm-hmm. need to, we didn't do prospective study. Mm-hmm. We thought, okay, so we don't want to fall in that category. So what can we do that will bring enough value to our users, but that would still allow us to put a product on mm-hmm. the market, you know, soon, in the next like year or year and a half. And so we made those choices to not, you know, not ask for too much too fast and then just mm-hmm. be able Little by little.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to circle back around to kind of uh, some some additional um, kind of insights around that 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 topic. Right. Sounds like you've got some great things to share. But circling back around to kind of that that team structure, did you kind of understand that um, how, how you wanted to build out that team out out of, out of the gate, or did you sort of learn early on? Oh, wow, well, we need to kind of we need to make sure that all of those folks are not siloed, that they're on the same sort of team or, or sort of under the same umbrella from from the get go.
0: No, it was not something I knew from the start. At first, I Mm -hmm. just had, I hired the right people for for their scope.
1: Mm -hmm. I really
0: picked them for their expertise. So, for example, I knew from my past experience that like product management was absolutely crucial. And so, and again, and and I didn't want to have also the the CTO come from the, the healthcare world because... For me, at least in France, the the, the the market was not mature enough. So we would have, so I would find the best guys mm-hmm. in this industry. So I'd rather, I, I really wanted to go for like a guy that would know again how to build amazing software. So I think this is what I tried to apply, like mm-hmm. pick the right talent in in, in in his or her specific field. And then it was my job to make sure that they would adapt and and understand what was specific about our business and then learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I did first. You know, I cannot, again added them all <laughs> and then of course then you have then leaders you know emerge naturally mm-hmm. like a funny story about David Amouyao so to my the CEO now and it was kind of my really my partner in crime. you know he's the one that I, I, I managed the, the team with I first I didn't know I was not 100% sure when we met that 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 he would be the right person and but he said you know I believe in the in the in, in your idea in your vision in the team I really want to do that he didn't have like a healthcare background. He was an amazing CPO at different startups. So Critio first, and then other like French startups, Legal Start, you know, Tiny Clues. And, but he said, okay, I believe in the project. I believe in you. I'm, I'm ready to come as product manager to start with. Mm-hmm. And like, again, uh, decrease his salaries, his expectations by a lot. And I said, okay, I, I'm sure I'm, I will convince you in six months that I can be CPO. Like, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And so we tried it out, and and you know it was amazing. And then he he was promoted CPO, you know, in six months. And then again, a few a few months, years later, uh, then again we realized that COO would be actually the best position for him in our situation. So, so I think yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like uh, trying to uh, to work on people's skills. And see what are the natural kind of dynamics that that you create in yeah. a group. I think I, re- I really, that's what I I love. I guess uh, as yeah. A, as a-
1: I love that concept. I, I kind of like to refer to it as like professional dating, right? Where you, um, I mean, you kind of <laughs> yeah. did it with full-time hires So you, you don't have to have like full-time hires. You can do this even with consultants, right? Before maybe even you bring them on full-time is like you, there's this, this period, right? Maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, something like that, where you get to see not only how you work together, but also to your point, you get to see them maybe merge or break through and, and, and they can maybe either, either quickly become someone that's like, oh, that's going to be my chief, my COO, my CPO, what whatever, right? Or or vice versa, right? It's just not it's not a good fit. It's not working out. Maybe they don't have the ambition, whatever. Uh, but I I like that kind of that uh sort of that, that testing period, if you will. And it sounds like that that's worked out for for you. Um, Cecile, it it seems like you have kind of a knack for not only identifying really top top tier talent, but also kind of winning them over and, and getting them on onto, onto your team um what's worked well for you in that category because I mean're you're, you're, you're working with you know people in the AI space that are hard to come by I mean AI is like literally arguably I probably inarguably the the hottest kind of sort of category right now um, especially in, in the in the startup world so you've been able to kind of move exceptionally fast build out what seems like a really really solid team like any uh, what, what what's worked well I guess for you in terms of attracting that that those kind of folks? Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a Premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadeem Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium.